Welcome to the Hellraiser Podcast. Hello there, welcome to the Hellraiser Podcast. I'm Peter and this is Phil. Hello everyone. Hello everyone. Welcome to our Judgment Commentary Podcast. Now after the last one, um, we're not going to do a Sambuca podcast again, because that one got a bit messy. <laughs> um, and just if you're interested, the full effects of the Sambuca kicked in about half an hour after we stopped recording. Yes. So had we been recording then, it wouldn't have made any sense whatsoever. It would have been better. It would have been much better. More fun. Yeah. <laughs> so do do watch out. If you haven't tried that with us, just be careful. <laughs> it didn't quite end the way we were hoping. Anyway, but we're back on the normal boozes today. We've got some beer. Beers. So join us if you want, responsibly, of course. If you're able to. If you're legally. able to. Le- exactly. Stop it, you. You, put that down. You're too young. And we're going to watch Hellraiser Judgment and talk about it as we watch it. So join us for the 10th Hellraiser movie. So we've set it up since so just at the beginning of the Dimensions logo when the actual film starts. So we're going to press play in three, two, one, play. So here we go, Dimension Films, which of course this is probably the last uh, Hellraiser film made by Dimension Films. Very likely, yes. Yeah. So here we have our beginning. Here we have the box. So these things. It's a what a brave choice, isn't it, to begin the film with saying that one of the most iconic things in the whole franchise is obsolete. Um. Yeah, and then also that kind of is the theme of modern life these days, isn't it? Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Let's 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 reboot this. Um, which this is kind of a reboot of the Cenobites. Well, yeah, it is. It's definitely yeah, creating a new, something new for a new generation. A new generation. Yeah. Um, so this is, this is very interesting. It's intriguing. You don't know, you know who these people are. Obviously, you get that as Pinhead, but you don't know who this other guy is yet. And uh, oh, nice little bit of eye lighting. Eye lighting. Um, here's a little, little inside facts for you, everyone. Originally, and it went at this moment. It went straight from those two talking to the the lady, Crystal, coming home and doing the dog thing, and then it went into the whole bit about the detective and the police, and then later it cut to this bit. But the producers mm. actually suggested that they get straight into the all this imagery and all the horrible stuff right at the beginning to get people. I mean, I'd, I'd like that, but it also leaves. A bit of a dead spot afterwards. It's a bit difficult, isn't it? Yeah, it's kind of true. nicer to break it up in a little way. Although, if it was later on, I think it would be a bit too close to Sean's. Yes, edit, yes, though. yes, so, it would be. Swings and roundabouts, as they say. They do say that. So, Ludovico Place, as we mentioned on our Judgment podcast, the Ludovico technique is used in Clockwork Orange. Which would you call that a horror film? Uh, it's, not, it, it's a dystopian I, sort of sci-fi-ish. I don't think anyone would it? classify it as a horror no, film, but you could call it. It's uh, but it's a very iconic. Um, seems like a ho- documentary these ho- days. Horrific film. <laughs> yeah, it does. Um, so it could well have been an influence for Clive Barker, who wrote about Ludovico Street. Is it Street? I think Street in the Hellbound Heart. Yeah. I like this little um, bit of music that yeah. plays for Elise yes. by uh, Beethoven, I believe. It's quite a nice little thing to have it here. So it's supposed to be this is the music that 
it's a transition from one world to another. Right, here we go. Now we're talking. So he's plugging in the blood. And he's going to take this guy's blood. It's nice dialogue as well. I mean, he's got some generic, terrible horror dialogue. You know, the fuck is this? What the fuck is going mm-hmm. on? But the auditor's got some great lines here. Lovely. I'm loving the auditor's character in this scene. I, I really like mm. this scene. And I really oh. like his character. And there we go. Here we are. I opened it away from Peter's expensive laptop. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, right. So now we're going to start talking about him about Carl Watkins who um who is a pedophile and he kills girl little girls Phil that's not very nice scum scum of the earth oh and now we see him there he is he's actually got some very expensive light bulbs there those uh, light bulbs yeah they're not cheap no I, I really don't like that line no. Same city, different zip code. Yeah, I mean it's 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 a it's a I like sort the of idea to the third film, isn't it? Yeah, he's quite, not quite, not quite. Yeah, it's uh, similar. It's all right that he's playful. I don't mind him being playful. I just don't. I, I I really like the idea behind it, but I just don't like that line for some reason. Okay, fair enough. I'm sorry, guys. Hey, I'm sorry. Uh, love this typewriter. Love all these little things mm. moving. I love all these little wheels cranking. Yeah, very cool. It is very cool. I mean, as, we, as we've said before, visually, all this stuff is absolutely stunning. And this is all, I mean, Gary Tunnicliffe is a very visual uh, person. You know, he's a special effects guy. And he's, he's clearly had this all, it's very well pre-planned and designed. And it had to be because they only had 15 days to film the entire movie. So everything had to be very, you know, set out in advance and... That's hard. They couldn't just turn up on the set and spend half a day set dressing. They had to go in, bang, we've got to go. Yeah. Um, and I think what he's doing here, which is really another clever part of him being this character, is he's acting through his makeup because he's obviously aware how oh, yeah. to do that. Also, this is interesting, he said uh, they had his glasses made so that you couldn't see his eyes, but what they did to them... It made the inside reflective. So he's just looking at his own eyes the whole time. <laughs> yeah, which was an, it wasn't you know, by design. It was a, sort of they realised, oh, crap. <laughs> so he's spending the whole time just staring at his own eyes Interesting. while he's acting. Um, but he's got some nice subtlety to the way he's performing yeah this. i like it it's sort of like um, little head twitches and well yeah because obviously from an acting point of view you haven't got your eyes mm. you know no it's hard and you've got some prosthetics all over your face yeah um but he's doing some subtle stuff it's nice so we've got the assessor now yay here he is and, and again Love. i think it's a really great performance it is yeah it's a very small little thing but mm. just the way he's doing every little detail is great you know yeah and then he'll love his little voice. Hmm. Tears. Tears of children. <laughs> That's his, his one line in the whole whole movie. That's cool. And it's and he's he's really <clears throat> as an actor, he's really going for it. And he's happy to really get stuck in and look awful and yeah. disturbing and grotesque. 
So all these close-ups of him eating are just nasty. And this is disgusting. It always is. Maybe you see close-ups of people eating is always horrible. Uh, I just, you know, the, yeah, the way this is filmed is... Ugh, gross. <laughs> but great. Yeah, well, it works for what we're watching. You wouldn't want it in, you know, Paddington 3, but there you go. Here he goes. Now he's finished. And I just like I just like everything about this. I like the little details. I like the little mm. wooden bowl. Yeah. His little knife and fork. Gurgle. In the the on the behind um Carl there's puzzle boxes on the on a shelf. And one of them is actually in the Leviathan configuration ah. in the second movie. This is nasty. So obviously there are some people that uh, would be much more squeamish than you and I. And those sorts of people would not like this film. That's fair enough. Yeah. Someone that could happily watch, you know, Inferno or Hellseeker. Not everyone's going to like a big fat man vomiting and then ladies shoving their hands in it. Well, and do you know what? There's a certain kind of cleverness. I love that bow. Yeah, it's brilliant. I love his um, There's a certain kind of cleverness to going this way because we've done the full-on visceral horror of ripping your skin off and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So to actually go to these things which everyone can relate to, you know, vomiting and putting your hands in vomit and that kind mm-hmm. of thing. You know, stuff we all do every weekend. Um, <laughs> it, it kind of strikes a different chord. So here we've got our naked jury. Yeah. Which, um, as we've said, we're not too much a fan and of. I kind of, I get what he was going for. He was going for um, horrible, grotesque faces with beautiful bodies. That's the idea. But it's just because oh, I, just, I can't really put my finger on exactly why it doesn't look right to me. Yeah, I mean, I, I do understand the kind of thing of hell. It's not stylized enough. I think the, yeah. their bodies aren't stylized. Hell being this kind of place where it's all about desire and lust, and you know, so mm-hmm. there would be that kind of juxtaposition of the sexual and the horrific, yeah. but it just seems a little bit exploitative in this film. It does, it does, it yeah. just doesn't seem to fit as well as the other bits. No, I know that it's that they should look exactly the same as well, they, they should all be like, copies, yes, exact copies could, of each that other. That could be that could work. Um, I did like that bit which we just missed where. He said, where's my reward? And he's like, this is your reward. Yeah. This is what you deserve. <laughs> yeah. And I like that kind of twist on mm-hmm. what, I mean, that's kind of Hellraiser-esque, that thing of what you perceive as a reward. Yeah, And what definitely. he's saying, well, this is what you get for what you've done. Of course, mm-hmm. this is your reward. And now we have the cleaners. So we pan away from what they're doing, so we don't really see properly until later on. And he's uh, enjoying himself. Yeah, it must be clean inside and out. And you're just like, oh, oh dear. Which I don't really like that reaction. (laughs) Just because I'm like, why would he be Surely he's seen this happen loads of times before. (laughs) I mean, he's he's got his face carved off. Hello, pinhead. There he is. It's Paul T. Taylor. And in that shot, he really looks like the original pinhead. Yeah, he does. um, Design. I mean, Doug Bradley, of course, but... yeah. We'll talk about more of him later on when he, he comes back in, in in the you know better light, but he does look a bit different later on. So here's the butcher. Yeah, here we have the butcher, which is grey, lovely mask. Which looks really cool. It is. It's creepy. 
And then and something on his back. And this is like, this is the visuals here are just this stunning. Looks, this shot is yeah. awesome. And that's just someone in slow motion coming out from under a cloak, but it looks yeah. so good. Uh, we thought this, we were trying to decide whether this was a woman or not. Yeah. Um, Can't tell. No, I don't know why I think that. Maybe I've heard Gary talking about it and he said she. It's certainly someone with a ponytail or their hair tied up because you can see their hair yeah. behind their head. But this it's, is, the visuals are absolutely brilliant here. And this is cool because, you know, when she starts, I'll say she starts slashing away at him, you're kind of like, oh, well, this is a bit basic. But the fact that that was actually... Yeah, she's her, not cutting him up. Um, ...slicing the skin off with great skill mm. is pretty cool. And you've got a nice silver apron. This bit I don't like. Right, the surgeon is played by a lady called Gillian Blundell, who also plays one of the Stitch twins. Ah, cool. So there you go. So I've got just got the cast list up on IMDb now. So we have a proper check. Um, so, yes, yeah, so I didn't enjoy this bit where the jewellery gets no. sprayed with no, neither, blood really. on their um, chests. Uh, again, I just felt a little bit meh. And now we're into the uh, credit sequence. What do you think about this credit sequence, <laughs> we've, Peter? We've talked about this before. Um, now, Gary says it's not like Seven, because Seven doesn't have fire or light bulbs or a typewriter. Uh-huh. However, the music is very similar. So the music from the Seven opening credits, it's a, a remix of a Nine Inch Nails song called Closer. Um and this is quite reminiscent of that sound. The sort of industrial, slow, with the high-pitched things coming in. It's, it is quite similar music. And the way that things are moving around and, and superimposed over each other and the words, it is, it is quite similar. I mean, it's, it's still good. Yeah. So Gareth and Mike Regan, they do the, the makeup. Costume and props, and Mike Regan also plays Chatterer, as ah. he has in the last few films, I think. Wow. Yeah. So you're getting good use out of these light bulbs. Uh, for anyone who's Absolutely. never bought one of these light bulbs, they are very expensive. Mm, but they will set all your paper on fire. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Um, it's, yeah, it's, I mean, it's good. It's, if you've never seen Seven, you'd think it was wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> Um. Yeah, it's 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 similar. There's no getting away from it. But no. it's uh, it's all. Look right. at that, Bob Weinstein. Not Harvey no, Weinstein. There's no Harvey. mention of Harvey, which no I think is a good thing because he's a horrible rapey <clears throat> man. That is one way of saying it. <laughs> we haven't really talked about the podcast, and we actually, for those wondering when we're going to do our Harvey Weinstein podcast, we're not. We don't really want to give him any airtime. No, I just don't want to so, talk about um, him. Fuck him, basically. Anyway, this is what's supposed to go from. So originally it went from the beginning. To, to this, to this, the beginning shot, to this sequence, um, which is interesting. But I think I do like it more that we go straight into the Stygian Inquisition at the beginning. Um, just a disclaimer: Do you listen to our podcast review of this film? Oh, we listen to that one first. Yeah, because uh, we'll probably be a bit more balanced in that one because I'm a bit drunk. <laughs> <laughs> yes, if you haven't heard our actual episode forty nine 
A, <laughs> do listen to that first, please, because... This is a bit less serious. And first of all, because we know they're back-to-back, we're not going to be giving all the facts we gave in that one on this one. So please listen to that one. And, and uh, this is our drunken fun... Yeah, we just want to kind of... We want to sit down and watch it with you guys. And, and yeah, maybe be a bit more nitpicky in this one. Yeah. To be we, amusing. <laughs> we do like it. No, I do we like do it. like the film. We do. Uh, so I've got all these candles again. This is a very nice apartment, this, isn't it? Nice view. Um, so, yeah, as we've discussed, this is a bit of a tricky scene for this actor. There's because... a line here that I really don't like. What is it? It comes up now. I'm drying up real fast here. Mm. It sounds to me like a, a line a man has written for a woman to say. Yeah, <laughs> which would suck if you're the person who has to say it. <laughs> uh, I don't know any actual females that would say that. <laughs> No, I mean she's supposed to be a bit of a and I make bit of a sort all the time. <laughs> <laughs> they wouldn't say it to you. They though, wouldn't would say they? it to me. They just sort of text me afterwards. Yeah. Oh, oh, got a phone out. There's a lot of um, technology in this film, and to do with phones, mobile phones, and computers and things. I think that, that I think that that was actually a nice um, distraction Don't, because yeah. you, as soon as someone gets their phone out, you think, what are they going to do with their phone? So actually, they're getting hit as soon as she picked it up. Yeah. It was a good way of um And it's also very that. real because people do use their phones as torches nowadays. I, I do. If it's dark, first thing I do, rather than go and look for a torch, I'll grab my phone out. And Absolutely. I mean, you know, um, who has a torch these days, exactly. eh? Exactly. So here we go. Two brothers. We've got Sean and David Carter. Do they look alike? No. No, they don't. I mean, that's not the end of the world because not all brothers look the same. That's right. Hey, I wasn't judging. I'm <laughs> just asking the questions. <laughs> You don't look exactly like your sister, for example. I don't. She is uh, got the better of the genes, I think, in my family. <laughs> a lot of people will say that, you know. I, not, I wouldn't say that. Oh, thanks. I think you're lovely. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. So he looks like Wolverine in this scene. He does, doesn't he? Or he looks more like um, um, Sabretooth. Yeah, yeah. Who was that? Um, What's he oh, called? What's his name? Pa- no, oh. Patrick something. No, no, it's not. What's his name? The guy from Scream. Tweet us. I've got IMDb here. Oh, sorry about that. Let's carry on. Um, um, so, okay. So we're at the uh, murder scene. Incredibly annoying having that playing over and over yeah. again. Turn it off. Worship this little guy. Um, leave Schreiber. Leave Schreiber. Yeah, it does look a bit like him. Um, I'm not that keen on the younger guy um, as an actor. I uh-huh. much prefer. I think the the main guy um, who plays Sean Damon Carney, his name is. I think he's really good. I think he's excellent in the film. But the yeah, guy yeah, he's pretty a, good. A guy called Randy Wayne. He's not as believable for me. Um, and this is just you know a little bit too much for me <laughs> whipping the guns out yeah i mean i suppose i don't know is this american thing um well why would you assume someone in the crime scene is worth shooting straight away rather than asking who they are i don't know <laughs> i don't know she has got a badge on her belt yeah so <clears throat> they weren't expecting her Maybe we're being nitpicky there because maybe it's actually supposed to show that those two are a bit loose cannons, literally. Yeah. And a bit unprofessional. Yeah. And also, they're on it, 
you know, they're going to... They're on edge. They need to check. <laughs> um, so here we go. We're, something's moving. We're, something's moving in the... So how long do you reckon it's been since... Hours. The dog was put in the body. Hours. To now. And how is the dog breathing? Through her mouth. Okay. Yep. Um, so as we said before, this there was some people found out online that there was a scene involving a dog and they were worried that the dog was being injured and all this sort of nonsense, but no, it's not. The That's the only fine. shot of the dog. The only, yeah, the only time the dog is used is when she's holding it. They do have, I believe, online like a... Uh, a thing where it lists every film and it lists what they use an animal for and how it was done. Oh, okay. Yeah, and it's actually quite interesting reading. Mm. You can sort of see it will be like, this bit was a fake horse leg, mm. this bit was a real horse that was sedated, this was okay. this, this was this. Um, so you could probably look this up, and pack fans. In the 70s and before it was, this horse was killed yeah. during this film. <laughs> this horse. This dog was run over we... and ripped apart. Made head of the studio. And he's forgotten his wife's birthday. Oh, and he's not even bothered. He's just Indeed. lying on the sofa. That's not okay. Uh, appreciate this is done to help with the production design, but I'm I'm a bit over detectives being in dark rooms. Yeah. He said the lights give him a migraine. Yeah, which apparently is a is a, a really subtle callback to lots of serial killers actually get migraines apparently quite easily interesting i have heard that before yeah that's that's a very subtle yeah little (laughs) clue there um i've got a fun fact about her well it wasn't fun for her she was really badly injured on the set really during the making of yeah she got a, a blow to her cheek and something lacerated her cheek and there was a big cut under one of her eyes that they had to digitally remove for most of her shots. No way. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a scene later on when they're in the car talking. She's wearing dark glasses. And that's because they didn't want to digitally remove it for that scene because there's lots of close ups. She put dark glasses on her, but lots of her what scenes. Was it? We I don't, don't know. know. I don't know. I heard Gary Tunnicliffe talk about it. He didn't say what it was. But lots of her scenes that it's she's got CGI under her eye to take the the cut away. Which probably amounted to half the budget of the movie. <laughs> um, well, I hope anyway. she's not been permanently scarred. Well, yeah, me too. Anyway, here's his wife. She's not happy with him. She's not very impressed, is she? She's not. Mm. I don't feel like they establish her very well here. Because I feel like we're supposed to... Well, this is it, isn't it? We're supposed that, to root for her a bit. You see her there, and then you, there's that sex scene that's kind of a dream, and then she's... Pops up at the end. That's kind of yeah, it, really, isn't it? I think we we should have invested in her a little bit more. Mm. Yeah. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Here we go. The lawyers, yeah. Cut out their tongues. Uh, I mean, one of the killings in Seven involves a lawyer, doesn't it? It does. Not out, saying it's the same. Not saying flesh. it's similar at all. And this is yeah. the thing, you know, whether it's the same or not, like, there's no way you can do this story... Without it being no. similar, it is a similar story. There's yeah, no getting is, away from it. A, yeah. Maybe if it was like instead of the seven, instead of Deadly Sins, it was like the Seven Dwarfs. Maybe that would have been a bit. Uh... I would. I mean, you know, <laughs> would it have been still been called out as similar? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Um, 
So they don't really explain how the dog was breathing, though. I think that's the least of our concerns, isn't it? No. Manual typewriter. There you go. Interesting. So, so, was, I, this, so was this the Stygian guy? That's exactly, you know, at this yeah. point I was like, ooh, typewriter, typewriter, connection. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Preceptor is a genuine... Um, I mean, one thing about... You can't deny about Gary Tunnicle. He definitely did his research. All the, the religious stuff um, and the you know, two Cities and all the, the literature quotes. and It's all very... You know, he's, he's done some research into it. What? <laughs> you can tell, you can every... tell how much Peter doesn't do research because he's like, wow, that couple of pages of documents you've researched <laughs> is awesome. No, it's, there's quite a lot going on there. <laughs> Get out. Get out of here. Um, yeah, no, there's some interesting concepts with all that. <laughs> I, I do agree. my research. You do love research. I looked at IMDb true. just now. Come on. You are the researcher for this Now, this is program. the bit where um, you uh, said it was a bit dull. Well, that's correct, and I did agree with you. Actually, um, this is where we especially zoned out a bit. That here. stuff at the beginning, you're like, "This is fine, but let's get back to the really interesting visuals." And, and we are not the kinds of people that are like, "Where's Pinhead?" Oh, there's no Pinhead, therefore it's rubbish. Which some fans think like that. Well, we, as long as it's interesting, I don't care if Pinhead's not in it very much. He's not in the first one very much. No, and, and that's the thing. I don't think cutting back to the Stygian lot would necessarily be the right thing no, to do. But, but when you've had This that, has got to be more interesting. But we've got this now. This is good. I mean, this is interesting. This is someone yeah, cutting someone's cut hand off bit. and pulling their teeth out. Yeah. Lovely sound effects. Um, but More religious things in the background. The police aspects of it just could just be a bit more... Yeah, I know, but that is the story, though. The story is they are detectives doing detective work. Yeah, but their characters are not very interesting. I suppose so. You can write some little details in about their characters that will yeah. make them more interesting. Like, who am I supposed to root for here? I don't like the older guy because no. he's being a bit of a dick. I don't like the younger guy because he's just a bit of a cipher. There's nothing going on. I'm. I don't really like she's or dislike being, her. Been a bit bland, yeah. But she's just turned up and she's. You know, there's no sort of sparkiness going on here. There's no kind of conflict. They're all no. just sort of Look at her reaction irritating Look, each other. If you saw this, even if you were a detective, if you saw this, you'd be like, "Fucking hell!" And she's like, mm-hmm, at the very okay. least, she just goes. Mm-hmm. I like okay. his reaction in a minute when they open the hand. Yeah, he, he has the reaction of. Oh, not this again. He does, isn't he? Yeah, have you not noticed that before? Right, everyone look at, watch look this. at his face. Watch, watch his face coming up. He, and yeah, just before he says, fuck me, he, um, he, he sort of goes... <laughs> it's literally like, oh God, the, the cat's shat on the mat again. <laughs> um, here we go. So she's gonna... That's a good hand, though. Look at that. Well, I would expect nothing less. Yeah. I mean, that's clearly... this is a real everyone. one. <laughs> yeah. And eyeball, reaction. Eyeball. Ready? Look at him. Here he goes. Oh, oh God. not that again. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Like that. Yes, very good. Eye for an eye, two for a tooth. Um, mm. I think this is this is good, though. I like this. And I love the thieves made up of missing posters. That's great. Yeah. Oh, Pinhead. Hello. He's just... How's your wall, He's mate? just reflecting on Is that things. the same shot as earlier on? Yes. <laughs> very likely. There we go. So the details in the 12, dim 12 and 15, room. those hands belong to missing children. But um, 
At least they're doing their detective work now. We've stopped, we just started watching again, haven't we? Sorry. <laughs> so they do, anyway, yes, they found out they did um, all belong to the same people, and there's a, there's an explanation why the hands are in, you know, an actual fist and they haven't moved. Mm-hmm. Um, hands off while they were still alive? Oh, mm. So again, there's some fun, you know, CSI-type yes. medical, scientific research. Re- research. He's there's done his a, research. There is some there research, you you're right. watched an episode of CSI. Yep. <laughs> CSI Oklahoma City, mm-hmm. which we didn't say in the last episode. This was filmed in Oklahoma City in Oklahoma. That's oh. it. That's all I got. All right. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, I think it's also is set in Oklahoma as well because it's there's a lot of shots of the city and everything. So all right now we're talking about Carl Watkins. Um, Watkins is, is a, a little. Homage to Pete Atkins. Is it? Yeah. It actually is, because Gary and he are friends. And I know they're friends, but... Pete Atkins was the writer of Hellraiser 2, 3, and 4. Hmm. And he Did also... he say that, though? You, you just no, thought that. Gary has said, has said right. that. Say. Yeah, on the commentary you can find on YouTube. Heather Langenkamp. And... Uh... That's it. Her, her role just, was almost as long as you just saying her name. <laughs> and that implies that she knew what they were doing down there. Yeah, and I think that's fair. Really? Oh, no, not like... <laughs> she didn't know that they were doing anything illegal, but she thought they were mm. unsavoury types. Yeah. There's a Star Wars reference there, if you haven't got it. Yes. What an interesting spell you've discovered is from Star Wars. Use the Force, David. <laughs> I am your brother. <laughs> um, the Perceptor. The Perceptor. I am the Perceptor. So, this is the lair. Um, well, Carl's lair, anyway. And this is, again, Pino you know, lair. it's it's unavoidably seven. There's no getting away from it. Going into a kind of dark room with the torches and the serial killer sort of paraphernalia about. It's going to yeah. seem like seven. I like the use of colour. Um, like a lot of these bits are sort of have the orangey wash. Mm. Same as the Stygian Inquisition scenes will have the orangey wash. Pinhead has his blue wash. I think it's a nice use of colour to denote different scenes and locations. Yeah, I think there's there's some really good uh, good work done mm. in the film with the colours. Set camera at points. <laughs> That's him talking to Heather Langham, but they couldn't afford her for that scene, so he's just <laughs> talking to an empty corridor. Um, so the power's just gone back on again, which means the computer's booted up. And so here we go. Now, there's actually a cut scene here where he dropped his torch earlier on. So he's come back to get his torch. He's picked it up off the floor just then. Um, but because the other one was cut, it didn't quite work. Anyway, look, here he goes. Underage teenage extreme. <laughs> Which um, I'm assuming isn't a real address. I've not gone looking for it, <laughs> I must say. You're getting yourself into deep Again, water here. fun use of um, technology. He's using the... You know he's going to find out where he went last. Yeah, yeah. I like that. 
<clears throat> and he's going to go to 55 Ludovico Place, which does, I mean, the house is is quite similar to the to the house in the first film, isn't it? It is. I think they quite ob- obviously, obviously yeah. tried to do that. It's not, it's not supposed to be the same house, I don't think. It's not the same house. No. Well, if it is supposed to be the same house, that's really weird. Well, I wouldn't they've, expect that. And they've, ch- they've changed the name of the road as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's fun that they've they've found a house that looks similar. It's great. But Gary clearly loves Hellraiser films. Absolutely. He's putting in as many homages and little moments as he can. Well, I think he's got a great love for it, and it, yeah. ironically, it's it, you know, or whatever, it's it, it's the moment, it's the normal moments that kind of drag the film down a little bit. Yeah, sure. And the, his love for it, I mean, that kind of shines through a bit in his revelations script um, <clears throat> that was very badly realised on screen. Yeah. Uh, now. So he's still trying to do his job at the moment. And he says that with a little titter as if he knows. Yeah, which is good. A great thing about this is, and this is always the the case with twist films, is when you go back and watch it a second time, you get a lot more. Like, he's toying with him here because he knows that he's the killer. And it's fun to watch Sean's reactions to certain things. Now we know he's the killer. Yeah. Must have been very hard to be to be directing when you're <coughs> stuck on all that makeup and everything mm-hmm. as well. There you go. Boxes, sensation, rebirth. Uh, there you go. So we're talking about the boxes. Not quite sure why he's got so many of them there, but there we go. Uh, I guess he's kind of got them from all over the world now they're not doing their yeah. jobs. That's a good line. Where, where on earth is this place? It's not. Yeah, that, and that's so good that they didn't then clarify. It's not. What? On earth? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. He doesn't yeah. need it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, it's good. Very yeah. nice. It's nice to see some subtlety. Yeah. <laughs> You don't see very often. And so here we go. Uh, I keep saying that because we keep stopped talking. There's an interesting thing in the behind the scenes thing here. The, he actually, Gary phoned up the actor's wife to get real facts about him from his childhood. And in this scene, while the camera was focused on, on Sean... Gary was saying think real things from the actor's childhood and freaking him out the stuff that he shouldn't shouldn't oh, know. Oh, <laughs> that's, that's cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. <laughs> that is good. So now we're getting into the fact that he's a um, an army veteran. He's done some horrible things. Which you which you have to do if you're a soldier. I suppose it. Uh, I don't want to get too much into it, but it's it, it somewhat part of if the you role train to be a soldier who kills people. You go somewhere, and then you're told to kill people. You got to kill people. Mm. <clears throat> but um, the question is whether you should enjoy it or not. And this guy seems to. 
Well, I think he's, you know, I think in this scene you can see there's a kind of feeling of yeah, these things have twisted him in a certain way and yeah. now he's kind of perverted it into his own uh, mythology that he can carry out because he believes yes. he's doing the right thing. He's giving people lessons that they will, yeah. you know, take on board. He's not killing people in his mind purely for the fun. Mm. Yeah, definitely. But he's he's you know he's saying he's a very religious person. Only God can judge him. Mm. He's doing these things for God, and actually, as we find out later on, he is. <laughs> he actually is. He actually is. Yes. Only God can judge him. God does judge him and say, "Go for it." Later on. Wow. So here we go. Is he so? Uh, is he talking about his preceptor crimes now? Yes. Yeah, we think he is. He he is. And we can't hear what he's saying because that would give away the twist <laughs> too early. Yeah. Um, like his little, what is his little His bracelet? little bracelet. It's made out of tiny crosses and Star of David and things that he's taken from people's necklaces. Ah. At the beginning, he pulls Carl's necklace off with a little cross on it. And the idea is he's taken some of those and he turns those into a bracelet. Ah, so Interesting. Yeah. Good research. <laughs> Thanks, mate. <laughs> <laughs> um, so here's the assessor here's again. Here's the assessor. Hello. Here Ready he to do some business. He looks at things. Oh, look at this meal. He's really happy. He's got a lot to eat. That's it. He gets his knife and fork out. Oh, yes. <laughs> Delicious. Unfortunately, it does not go well for him this time. So again, that's what I was saying about the actor really, you know, committing. He's going for it now. He's he's got all this black stuff coming out of his mouth and dripping down his chest. But if you're going to do this role, you need to. You can't be squeamish yourself as a performer. <laughs> no. You need to really go for it, otherwise no. it just it won't work. No. But he's still doing his job, though. He's still going to whatever it is. He's going to put it down there. <laughs> He's still got a job to do. I think he should put his table next to the funnel. <laughs> then he doesn't have to get yeah. up. What's going the jury? Oh, oh, no. They're all not having a good time either. They're all having a bit of a twitch. Oh dear. It's all gone a bit wrong. So he's not even going to wait for the verdict this time. He's like, right, cleaning and surgery go for it and and the angel does say the jury have not passed a verdict uh, yeah which means that the rest of it can't happen mm-hmm. they're just yeah. going off their own thing absolutely he well he doesn't know what to do and so here's our first glimpse of <clears throat> Jafil. let him go There's some nice um, acting here from Gary. It's quite nice. Mm. It's quite subtle. <laughs> I like that bit. Do you want to say? Not really. Not no. really, no. <laughs> um, it's a very understated <coughs> performance, but it's quite believable, though. I think he's really good in this. Really good. Mm. And she's off. So we don't know who the hell she is at this stage. 
I mean, he's quite cleverly set himself up as a possible yeah, of course next yes. pinhead. <laughs> yeah. um, where there's no pinhead anymore. If they could do a spin-off. <laughs> the Stygian Chronicles. Yeah. Then he's, he's, he's sorted. Although yeah, he's yeah. kind of um, semi-retired, he says. He's gone off to live in um, Romania. And he's had an interview with him. He's talking about being in a, a rock band instead of making films anymore. Yeah. So we'll see. I mean, I'm sure if this um, this has done fairly well in the in the you know in the hardcore horror community, if there was talk of another one from whoever is going to make the next Hellraiser film, then I'm sure he'd come back. Yeah, I wonder he what it's done so money-wise, because in terms of yeah, critical reception, it's obviously been well-received. Mm. Well, I bought it, so that's one. There you go. <laughs> I bought, yeah, that's so we enough. Can't, we can't get it over here in the UK at the moment. I bought it, I had to buy the Region 1 DVD, and luckily have a player that can play Region 1 DVDs. But um, I don't think we can even buy it digitally over here yet. No. So if you're if you're listening to the UK, it's pretty hard to get hold of. Ugh. Yeah, that's just horrible. This is when they have people leaving the set because it was so grim. So this is the pouring spit into the mouth. Yeah. Uh, the only time in a Hellraiser film I've ever felt <coughs> a bit queasy, I think. <laughs> yeah, I'm all right with people taking their skin off. Yeah, because even I mean until that moment that the the most horrific moment in a Hellraiser film for me is get them off me. From the second one. Oh yes, which is very different to this. Obviously. Oh, here we go. Oh. No, stop Chattera. it, Chattera, down boy. Chattera. Uh, there we go. Uh, sorry, sir. Would you mind? Uh... Oh, Stitch Twins. It's funny that Pinhead seems really bored at this point. Yeah, like he's just sort of hanging out. Innocent. I mean, what is? I mean, that is, is a question this? which doesn't get answered. So maybe he's not quite sure. Innocent. Innocent. Where is he now? Yeah, maybe he's saying, "Oh, is that the reason oh, why?" Dead. I think they're dead anyway. They look dead, and he's gone. Sean's left, and he's taken one of the boxes with him. So this is the first time we've seen Pinhead in this lighting. In this lighting, and you can see that he's. Um, the scars, or whatever you want to call them, they are red. They are a bit bloody, and they've not been before, really. Yeah. Normally, there's no blood. They look bluish. Yeah. Or... It's just a very stylized grid pattern. Whereas now it looks like you can see the blood underneath it, which is which is different. Um, but I don't mind it. He's got his rib cage exposed now on a diamond on the front, which yeah. he didn't have before. I don't believe. He did have some some exposure on the front before. It was the slices, like yeah, slices, slices going down. Whereas the now there's a diamond in the middle where you see his Which actual is a little cage. Bit, a little bit more like um, butterball. Yeah. Yeah, that is different. Um, so yeah, some changes there. Um, the kind of neck piece looks very restrictive. Mm. <laughs> it looked really. I think Tom said to that in the first day. It was like, I can't move in this. Then like, yeah. they changed it. They changed it to that one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that might, have been the, that might have been the first scene that they shot there. Yeah. Maybe that was the beginning and then they changed it after that. And uh, you can tell he's a, he's, a, he's a bad man. He's smoking. Well, there you go. <laughs> um, 
And so now this is a scene. Actually, we didn't talk about this scene in the in our last episode because it's kind of quite forgettable. Not much happens. But they, they do go back to the warehouse to check out all these things happen. There's no one there. But um, you get the end of this. Not the warehouse. Not the warehouse. I didn't mean warehouse. I meant the house. <laughs> and that's later on. The warehouse is later on. What? You gave me some beer. <laughs> so then there's no one in the house. Yeah. I think that's a warehouse because I think it was filmed in a warehouse, the interior. I think that's why I said that. <laughs> it's too much research. It's that's too much done. research. So, yeah, in future, I'll do no research. Um, so, yeah, they break into the house and nobody's empty. Surprise, surprise. It obviously exists in hell or mm. a different dimension. Yeah, it was. You didn't hear for release. So, that's what gets you to the other side. Come on! But they knew that it, they weren't quite ready for for him, so they didn't play for release. <laughs> they uh, didn't open the doorway. Yeah. The doorway. Um, I'm just, I'm just happy. I mean, <coughs> I'm watching this. I've seen this film now. This is probably the fifth time I've watched this film in the last um, what four Day. or five months, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm still enjoying watching it. And I could not do that with with the last one no i I, can't, I, can't, I, I don't want to watch the last one but again I, I i i love hellraiser so much i will watch any of the others yeah quite regularly yeah 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 but i could yeah. not watch revelations re- regularly at all no. because it makes me cross that it's so dull um no but this one is 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 interesting and it looks like a film that's the biggest thing yeah even bloodline doesn't look a film to me yeah. it looks like a tv movie Revelations is like a student project film on a handycam. What was this, this looks like on? a I've got no idea. But um a good digital camera, maybe like a red camera or something like that, maybe. Mm. Or even I mean nowadays you can get you can film on a a high end Canon and with a good yeah. But you can you can film on a high end Canon camera with the good lenses and it looks like a movie. It's a, I mean it, that is how this film's been made because it, mm. technology's opened up so much now. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, now you can make films quite low budget and they look. I mean, you've got to be skillful, so you know. Yeah. Not, let's not take it away from Mr. Tunningcliffe. Oh no, no, no. But and his, um, you know, cinematographer, and director of photography, yeah. and all that. They knew what they were doing. Uh, yeah, no, but it, but that's that's such a big difference. The fact that it looks good, we've not seen that for for a while. Although what we have said, because there's still this whole debate where Hell World versus Revelations, and some people insist that that Revelations is better than Hell World because the plot of Hell World doesn't make any sense. But at least Hell World looks. There is some entertainment value in Hell World. It's it's fun, you know. It's dark. Revelations makes no sense. It angering. (laughs) It's infuriating. I think you all know what we feel about that that debate. I think so Hell World's much go. better than Revelation. Anyway, this is the, this is the scene where his teeth chatterer. aren't chattering. And that's just too, that shot is just too long with the open mouth. And Mike Regan was inside the mask, desperately trying to make it go up and down, but there was a piece of elastic not working or something in the mask and that day. And, they, and that would both, be heartbreaking. The two of them were gutted. They couldn't get it to work, but they couldn't... Um, that would be heartbreaking. They couldn't redo it. Ah. <sighs> 
Now there is the sex scene, which has less nudity than originally planned. As we know from the casting breakdown, it said something about his wife. Nudity required, mm. it said. So this scene was, I think, supposed to be a bit more graphic. But um, you don't see anything nudity-wise now in this one. Um, which could have been because of the, the actress. Not everyone is comfortable doing that. And also some people, I think you get paid more if, you, if you've got nudity in your contract. Of course. Of course you so do. So they save some money by keeping her boobs in. <laughs> I just, I just, I've told you about this before, but I just don't enjoy watching sex scenes in films. They're no. just like, oh, all right, okay, fine, fine, fine. <laughs> Yeah, that's why when you watch porn, you just fast forward all the sex, don't you? Just watch the... Uh, yeah, the, the credits. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just watch the plumber come in again yeah. and, and skip this bit. And <laughs> But what's entertaining about this? It's like, I get it. I know what they're doing. Yeah. yeah. Actually, yeah, the, I suppose the only entertaining thing about sex scenes is the nudity. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you're not going to... If there's no nudity, there's nothing to, to yeah. hook you, hook so you what's in. So all this uh, stuff then? It's the Stitch Twins wearing so this interesting is... leathery... That was what kind of happened. Is that not what happens when you have sex? Uh, Wait a minute. <laughs> I was like, he's just normally, yeah. oh, I do, he's normally going out. I do always angry leave the house after yeah. sex, I must say. I go walking and around. Get drunk in the streets. I walk around London at night. <laughs> uh, so now here's the scene with the uh, the vagrant. The vagrant. Bit of a jump scare. Oh, who's that behind him? It's it's jump scare time. No, oh, they're gone. They're not there. They're hiding. Fine. They just duck down. Everything's okay. Behind a bush. No. Oh, my God. So, did any of these jump scares make you jump? I, I didn't jump at there any of the jump many. scares. This is cool, film. though. Just the sheer weirdness of the, of the visuals. You've got yeah. the skinless guy. You've got these jurors pulling a box out of a dead goat. Or sheep, whatever it is, supposed to be, and that's just great. All that stuff's lovely. Just the scene where um, she's wearing. Please dark put liquid in the cups. This is my <laughs> advice to filmmakers, to filmmakers. everywhere. Yeah, which this though she just some really good. Mm. Nice, good, good drinking <laughs> acting, good lip smacking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's what I remember mainly about this film. <laughs> <laughs> um, while they, so while the they mull this over I'm going to get another please, beer can you get me one as well yeah. the thing is with, with her it's a, it is a shame because her character is a bit um, bland as we have said before the actress is really good Alexandra Harris her name is playing Christine Edgerton she is a really good I mean she's believable she's natural which and for me those are what makes a, a good actor that's, that's my personal opinion but she's not given an awful lot to work with unfortunately um there's not much to her character her character is just i'm the straight-laced inspector investigating things that's it that's all that's all she's got to work on if you were the actress the actress playing that part you know you go through the script and you look at the journey of your character and there isn't one her whole journey is she works out what's happening but doesn't even actually work out she Found what's happening and she solves she kills the guy at the end yeah she solves some stuff but her character doesn't really am i talking no. am i just talking nonsense no or? not at all and i think that's what i was saying before where it's like um there's no 
they're just a bit bland. Mm. You know, there was and potential in, for some real and sparks. Again, look, look at the the first film again. You got Julia. You got yeah. Kirsty. You got Frank. Yeah. You got um, and it doesn't mean adding in more lines or adding in more screen time. It just no. means that the lines that are there need to <laughs> have a bit more yeah um atmosphere to them. But these what what you what you've got here, which is what we said is exactly right, is all all the lines that they're saying are all functional. So they're are we saying story based that we prefer Gary Tunnicliffe's visual and directorial style to his writing? Um, I think so, but then I wouldn't want to diss his writing. Oh no 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 no! You know, massively because I I, I think some of it is really good. Yeah, and writing is very hard. I just it think well. it's this real world stuff that kind of lets him down yeah. a little bit. Um, and I don't know. Obviously, it'd be nice to speak to him one day. Oh yeah, see I'd love to. Whether to what him. what the what the pressures were, what the situation was, you know, how this came about, this real world stuff. I'd love to talk to him about um, Revelations too, and how much of the script was changed on set. <clears throat> yeah. Because he's talked about being disappointed with Revelations and, you know, he wrote the screenplay, so. But it looked like some of that was improvised by awful actors and that's never going to work. Oh, God. I mean, that's just so scarily shocking. This is is up there with, you know, Inferno and Hellseeker, I think. Oh, absolutely. No question. Obviously, as you you know, listeners, long-time listeners, we love Deader. Um, I'm not a big fan of Bloodline. Um, but for me, four, I mean, sorry, five and six are on par in terms of quality. And I think this is, this is probably up there. Well, very close to them, if not with them. Mm, I think so. Apparently, Tale of Two Cities is actually one of the most popular books of all time in the world. Yeah, of course. Um, but that's probably because it's been around for 150 years. (laughs) Of course, it's sold more copies than Da Vinci Code. So in I've 150 it, years... I've never read a Tell Two Cities. Revelations is going to be one of the most popular <laughs> films <laughs> oh, God. ever. Never Hellraiser you've never, you've never... Hellraiser might be. You've I, never read The Da Vinci Code. No, Tell Two Cities. I've read The Da Vinci Code. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I don't know what you're saying here. Oh, I've you haven't read, read Tell of Two Cities. cities. Um, neither have I. There you go. Maybe I'll, I'll get the audio. So book. it's not popular around here, <laughs> no, mate. <laughs> I've read A Christmas Carol and Oliver Twist. Okay, that's it. I think in terms of uh, Dickens and The Signalman, which is a short story. Oh yes, read that at school. <laughs> I like The Signalman. Mm. We turn into the Dickens podcast. Well, that's what we're doing next. That's our spin-off. I have to read the books then, though. Oh. <laughs> Apparently, they're really good. You should all read them. They're very popular. I'm going to read Tell Two Cities <laughs> before the 50th episode. Um, uh, and also this stuff about the, all the writing is also a little bit similar to John Doe's writing in his diaries. Yeah, again, it's impossible not for it Ooh. to be similar. <laughs> yeah. So this is the weird bit where he's sort of telling on his brother, but then he refuses to investigate him, even though he's just told her... Mm. That hey, I found this thing in his apartment that that is really worrying. Bum, and he was drunk as well. I've just told I told you he wasn't. 
But I, I mean, guess you it's could... more that he's asking for her help, isn't it? Yeah, could, yeah. And, uh, you could maybe get away with that kind of thing of that he he changed his mind. Mm. But because they're sitting in a near pitch black room, <laughs> <laughs> you can't yeah. really get much out of their faces. There he is. He's here, just in time for his phone. Yeah. Yes, that Carter. Yes, he also reminds me of, um, is it Aaron Eckhart? Is Eckhart it? From uh, Dark Knight and other things. Who? This guy? That's his name, isn't it? Yeah, Sean Carter. Does he? He reminds me of, uh, yeah, that guy. Really? Does he not you then? I take it he doesn't you. No. Well, <laughs> not at Just all. Just me then. Not at all. Listeners, let us know. Does he remind you of Aaron yeah. Eckhart? <laughs> or Leave Schreiber? <laughs> definitely Schreiber in the... Uh, he's definitely got a so. leave going on. I think he's got an Aaron Eckhart vibe going. Look at him. With his big open mouth. Looks nothing like him. <laughs> he does. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Fine. Um, so she's wants... There's a noise. We're in Phil's house. He's in Phil's haunted house again. Oh, God. I don't want any more ghosts. Is that your cat being weird? I don't know what that is. There's some weird tapping in the room. We've both committed to this commentary. We can't pause it, so we're going to leave the the ghostly tapping (laughs) in Phil's other room. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, marriage trouble. Deary me. Oh, this is good. There's some really good writing here. When she's trying to get the truth out of him, she says she's about... Like, anything? Woo? Not that. <laughs> this bit. Not that bit. But there's a bit when she says about um, literature and and poetry and, and stuff in the letters. And she's mm. like, anything that you've noticed that's like anything? And he's like, well, not really. And then she's like, aha, right, gotcha. Got you. And he goes, well, I mean, this thing from Tell Two Cities. And then she's like, oh, crap. Yeah. Okay, never mind. No, that is good. I like that bit. Because you, as an audience member, think, <gasps> and then, oh, oh. okay. <laughs> Here we go. Um, I think he's good, though. This guy's good. He's really committed to the role. Cause it's a very intense part. Yeah, I think the only bit that I, I remember him struggling on a little, in my opinion, is when he's revealed at the end and he goes on about loathing the modern world. Yeah? I, I, just, okay. I just thought that bit... Was I think it's a really difficult bit to do, um, and it just yeah. didn't quite ring true for me. But everything okay. else I thought was really good. That bit is um, apparently basically Gary Tonicliffe's thoughts about the world <laughs> written oh, down on paper. Oh god. <laughs> um, oh, here's Hodges again. Oh, here Hodges. we go. Hodges. I mean, not this, this is the most cliche. Yeah, as Phil said last time, he needs to be holding a sandwich, and he would be the cliched coroner. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Hmm. Um, and the only scene in Bloodline that we both really like is the scene with the the coroner. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. The one that coroner, the guy doing the autopsy. Mm. <laughs> yeah. His little gag about the iPhone Seven. iPhone Seven. It's dated, it hasn't it? The iPhone Seven. Well, look at that. Stop listening. We stop talking. Just well, listening to them. See, because we're enjoying it. This is the problem. We've, we've been sucked into the movie. We have. 
this is interesting. And also, when you know that he's the killer, look, this bit is great. When he's talking about how, oh, we know where she died, his face is... is here we go. Just watch him. He's really good at this moment, I think. Because it's very subtle. He doesn't do much, which is perfect. Yeah, that is good. He's like, hmm, hmm. So you, if, if you it, were him, now you'd be going, oh. If it was real, um, you know, if he wasn't the killer, he'd be really excited about that. Yeah. And here, this this is another great scene for that because he wants to get in there as soon as possible so that she yeah. doesn't call for backup or they don't get anybody yeah, else on the scene. And he's now pretending to call for backup. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah. And he's like, hmm. Yeah. And this is interesting. <laughs> this is so funny of, that yeah. she doesn't click on to it. Yeah. What? <laughs> Bad cops, Phil. Bad cops. Oh, and we're in. Get the old Jack. So here we go. Yeah. Getting into the lair of the beast <laughs> himself. Oh, there's a fly buzzing around. Oh, oh no. <laughs> oh, all, all the dead bodies. There's all the yeah. bodies. Maybe that's what it was. They were tapping to get out. Ah, that explains it. Okay. Right. And again, we, we kind of... we Our interest does dip a little bit at this point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Must be said. I like the squeaky fan. Yep, squeaky fan's always good. Um, This bit isn't quite as tense as it wants to be. And I feel like you're just always a little bit ahead of the movie in terms of the realisation or whatever it is. It's just, you're already there. Yeah. You know, so we don't need this build-up part. We're, we're, we're kind of, I don't know it's him yet, but I know where they're going. I know what they're going to see. Mm. I know they're not going to bump into him, the preceptor, for some reason, the way it's written. Here we go. Now we have Serial Killer Land. And I'm a big fan of these kind of serial killer rooms. Yeah, oh, you've gotten upstairs, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. It's really good. That's my bedroom. <laughs> it's yeah. lovely. Um, but they're great, aren't they? These rooms where everything's all weird and all the pictures yeah. are there and everyone's got their eyes cut out of their pictures <laughs> and stuff. Um, and here he decides to obviously go for the reveal mm-hmm. of the picture well, there's as no a distraction. Way you, you can't um, not. She's going to Well, he could have just punch her in the face now well yeah <laughs> but he wants to he wants to do the picture first yeah and that's her getting the message saying it's sean it's sean and she goes holy shit and then Doosh. and then uh oh and then he oh, goes he must be a bad guy he does a big old neck crick chiropractic oh and oh. this is just i just find this to be just unnecessarily brutal 
Yeah, it's just the way that it cuts out for a bit and then comes back in again. I know, <laughs> it comes back. Um, yeah, I'm not sure what the thinking behind that was. I mean, it's it's horrible. Well, you know, that, that's it's exactly horrible. what it is. It's he wanted horror. it to be to be shocking and violent. But I just think, yeah, I don't know. Because that's what real life can be like sometimes. Sometimes. And now he's getting involved as well. I like. I've noticed. Sean's got his music on. He's got his music, which he does when he's doing something yeah. evil. Well, I don't know all serial is that listen to this sort of hard. But he's supposed to be so nothing. kind of religious. Is yeah, that, is that the music of the? No, the but you preacher. Have to, you have to if you're a serial killer, though. Oh yeah. Them's the rules. Backups on the way. Someone is. That's a good line as well. Someone is because we don't know what that means at this stage. Yes, we, we don't know if he's called his wife. I don't. Uh, I don't know about this bit in terms of because they're brothers. Yeah, I the way they're talking to each other now, I would say was two partners, not brothers. Yeah. Okay. I don't think if you you know. I don't think you would be that kind of, hey, okay, I'm going to the middle of the room if it was your brother. No. I don't think yeah. so. No, mm-hmm. I don't think so. Here's all the research again. Research. Research. Preceptor. Research. Research preceptor. <laughs> it's Sean. Quite the detective. Really? One Google search, one phone call? That's all you need. <laughs> Be a good detective. And here is old wifey. She's if that here. sex scene was a dream, it's the only the second time we've seen her in the film. Mm. Now, what is it? Gary Tunnicliffe's got quite a hang-up about infidelity, hasn't he? That's what Revelations was about as well. One of the dads having oh, sex with one of the mums. Oh, yeah. This is about the brother having sex with the wife. Wow. I hope nothing happened to him in his past. Oh, dear. <laughs> because he has to get out in movies. Dear. But it's not all It's not all like that, Gary. Not everyone is like that. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. All right, mate. Whoa. All right. All right. Whoa. This is a bit you don't... You're not... That came it's, on. It's, it's when he says loathe. Loathe. Yeah, but he said he's he said like biblical things before though. It's just that it's literally his delivery. Okay. Hmm. <laughs> oh, oh. Must be tricky if you're like these these this, these guys the leads. For them, what are they? thinking as actors like they're the lead in the new Hellraiser film they're thinking it's going to lead to more things or that the film will get a big audience or because these guys have never none of the conventions or anything like that no one knows who these guys are no I mean, in terms of the, the, this movie whereas Paul Taylor's doing the rounds <laughs> he certainly is um, I think Gary Tunnicliffe could, could do the conventions if he wanted to I've not seen him at a convention Here we go. (laughs) 
Lone. No, it's just the way he does that. It's that kind Lone. of eye twitch of like, I'm, 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 I'm trying to find a I'm, word. I'm acting I'm right now. Loathe. Yeah. Um, it has been really good up until this moment, though. Hey, you know, it's just the only moment I can think of. You didn't loathe work. that I moment. Didn't, I didn't loathe it. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, I guess these guys, I mean, I don't know whether they spoke to him about it, you know, in terms of what, because obviously they were just like, a movie, cool, we'll be in it. Yeah, but, sure, it's, it's, it's a job, isn't it? You know, did they talk about Hellraiser beforehand in terms of what, no they, what it is culturally? Yeah. Um. Well, that sort of thing wouldn't matter as much to these sort of uh, characters that aren't to do with the mythology. Mm. Here we go. Here come the chains. Here come the chains. So they've opened it together. <clears throat> which I think it's the first time we've seen that happen, isn't it? I think. Um, yeah. Is it? You can I be corrected. So. I think it is. You got that's the... why they both get pulled into hell. Here he is. Uh oh. That's cool. It's like he glides in. Yeah. <clears throat> evil mm, seeks evil. Evil seeks evil. In the front of the DVD box and the poster. I wonder how tall Paul is. He's quite tall. I met him the other day. Is he? <laughs> he is. He's um. He's well. He's six foot at least. Because ah. I'm six foot exactly, and he was about the same height as me. Maybe okay. A bit taller. Yeah, he's quite tall. I feel like he should be a bit taller. He's such a lovely man, isn't it? He is so nice. <laughs> yeah. He is so yeah. nice. Um, he speaks to me like, yeah. So I'm doing this movie very, now. <laughs> uh, very honest in his interviews oh, yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. <laughs> Here we go. Mr. Carter, please. And um, Gary Tanaka was saying that he's he's actually nearly the same height as, as Paul Taylor, but he he's ducking down a bit to look like a more of a minion. Oh, that's interesting, Gary, yeah. because he, he obviously is short in this film, mm. shorter than everyone else. Yeah. And uh, to remind you all... Gary Tanaka plays a very small part, speaking part, in the beginning of the movie Deader. He's the, the journalist in the London Underground who oh, cracks onto Amy Klein. Oh, yes. <laughs> That's him. That's not a great <laughs> moment. No. Here we go. So now Pinhead is st- still doing things with the Stygian Inquisition. Because he's now saying the surgeon and the butcher. Mm. So it is much of a, a, a crossover. Oh. Uh, he shit. said the butcher. So maybe it's the other way around. Maybe the big guy is the surgeon. Uh, and the lady is the butcher. Maybe. Maybe we got that wrong. Oh, no, because I looked it up on the IMDb, didn't I? Oh. No, I think we were right the first time. Oh, okay. It's just because he said the but- when the butcher's finished with you, didn't he? He said both of them. He said the surgeon and butcher. Oh, okay. Yeah. I quite like this uh, thing of Pinhead being impressed by what he's done and being kind of like, we will... 
Yeah. We will torture them to forever in your name. <laughs> no, the the butcher is the big guy and the surgeon is the Yeah, that's what we thought initially, isn't it? But Yeah. This is some fun dialogue here. But I do yeah, I do agree with you about her look. Especially talking to the two of them. No, they she just looks like a a pretty lady. It just doesn't look right to me. There's nothing angelic about her, really, is there? Except she's wearing white. The clothes are just too human, you know. Like when you could, there's like a close up on the shoes yeah. and stuff, and I'm like, he's got these high heeled shoes on, and it just looks. Yeah. Well, the way that Gary described it was it, she's been around for thousands of years and she wants to look good. Yeah. So she's chosen to look this way and have these clothes on and this is her preferred look. Yeah, yeah. which makes sense. I get that. Yeah. But it just doesn't look right in the scene somehow. I think she should have something to on her... Like her face should look slightly... Mm. I mean, they've done a kind of shimmery makeup. Yeah. But it needs something... Like something else glowing halo like a halo <laughs> a big wings maybe some wings drawn on her back yeah you know mm-hmm. send him back there'll be hell oh. to pay to pay hell to pay <laughs> he's like mm, I'm looking at this gun very well there we go, because he knows the, what's going to happen. He's doing very well to pick that gun up after he's had two hooks through his hands. Yeah, that would hurt. Who murderer? Is it her performance as well, do you think? It doesn't help. It's not the best, though, I, don't think I will she's say. It's amazing. It's either, not the best. Really. It's not uh, ideal. Is she English, do you think? No, I don't think so. I don't. She's trying to I'm be. I'm kind of detecting not. I don't, yeah, I, I get the feeling that she's not, but she's trying to be. He's back. There we go. Everything's yes. fine. Yes. <laughs> Good moment. Nice one. Yeah, I do no, like that. No, he's tries his little final little speech. <laughs> is it a far, is it far, 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 far better, better thing, thing than something like It's a quote from... Yeah. Two cities, which I, like I will read before the next. <laughs> um, yeah, nice, nice moment, nice little <laughs> twist. Yeah, you knew that would happen. Oh dear. Suffer. And this is good. I mean, seeing Pinhead kind of getting completely affronted yeah. by her using the word suffer. Yeah, he's offended. But she knows something he doesn't. Yeah, she can make him suffer, and it's quite nice to see him because this is him at his most cocky. He's yeah, really, he's really completely. You know, I am 
pinhead. There's nothing you can do mm. to me. I am the boss. Yeah. Um, and then he is completely laid low and finds out there's a lot that can be done to him. Mm. I just hate those shoe close-ups. <laughs> not, not for me. No. Now, are we going to point out the fact that he pulled the pins out and yet all his pins are still there? We are not. <laughs> okay, <laughs> just checking. No, it's it's all very religious with the crown of thorns. Kind of thorns and are you the way? I am the way. Yeah, I think that's pretty cool. And it's quite a nice yeah, moment. Mm. I'm already in hell. What can you do to me? I mean, I'd be uh, like, well, I can just make you go to heaven because you'd hate it there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so clearly, I mean, is it her that's got the power to do the thing or she's sort of asked God to do it or... Well, she is the angel of banishment, isn't she? Because mm. she banishes them from the Garden of Eden. Yeah. So it's her inbuilt power okay. to Jesus banish Jesus wept. Him. There you go. Oh, dear. And then she this is... This is quite a good effect. That's nice. Yeah, I quite like it. Yeah, it's good. It's pretty cool. Yeah. And the assessor's like... The oh. Splitters. The auditor. Oh, God. <laughs> this is what happens when you have a few beers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Probably should not I like have done it. That. I like it. He's Look, cute. you can see his ribs there very yep. clearly. No, you can. Very, very different mm. to what's been before. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure that it looks like ribs. It looks a bit like um, it's part of his clothes. Well, it is his ribs. I can tell you. Mm. For a should fact. be more. It should be wetter though. Yes. All the red should be wetter. This is it. Banishment. Oh, no. You are banished. Here he is. Oh, there's Paul Taylor. Uh. Ooh. Superimposed pinhead, just in case you weren't quite sure who that was. Yep. <laughs> I like that, though. A nice no. Here we go. There you Pan are, up. in the... Modern age of drones. I know. Aerial photography is easy. Yeah. Hellraiser judgment. Yes. Very nice. It's good. Yeah. Some I great, still like it. great moments. Yeah. Um, lots of good stuff. Some oh, stuff we didn't say on the podcast. He's not in the end credits. We didn't mention this on our other podcast. Oh. Paul T. Taylor is not in the end credits, which is an absolute shocking disgrace. Yeah, because at the time he was kind of like, why? Yeah. What does that mean? <laughs> well, it, he, yeah, and then he apparently got a phone call from someone saying it was on purpose. And so why he, would that be? I don't know, maybe he upset someone or... Why? I don't know. Well, he was didn't know, did he? He was clueless yeah. about it. <clears throat> they've got uh, bar patron. I know. You know, got many bar seven. patrons. <laughs> Not him. Um, at least he's in the opening credits. That's something. He is. He is. Mm. Um, but yeah, interesting. So there you go. 
I hope you enjoyed watching the film with us. Or if you just listened to it without the film on, then that was a bit weird for you, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people do, apparently. I know. They, they listen to it. Well, I, I do hey. as well. I've listened to commentaries just if you on, the, do that, on the tube fine. or on a bus. Yeah. Uh, so now, just for those who aren't watching the film, there's lots of writing going from the bottom of the screen to the top of the screen. Mm-hmm. Which is called names. a credits sequence. Oh, right, okay. These people are not random names. They're actually the no? people who worked on the movie. Oh. Oh, I didn't know that. Yep. Wow, I'm learning stuff. That's my research then. There you go. Research. There's the office PA, Sarah Black. Well done, Sarah. Yeah. <laughs> Catering. Big truck taco. Oh. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah. Maybe we'll get a taco when we finished. Yeah, that sounds this. nice. Yeah. Dallas Audio Post. That isn't more there they did a, ADR yeah. is when you record dialogue after the film that was done in Dallas apparently that's interesting ADR ADR additional dialogue I thought it was replacement after drama readings <laughs> no <laughs> the director would like to thank Clive Barker Clive Barker he's there I would also like to thank Clive Barker. Me too. (laughs) Good old Clive. Oklahoma. There you go. Oklahoma. Music, Darren Johnson. I like the music, innit? Yeah, yeah. Oh, look, Darren Johnson performed um, Fair Elise as well. (laughs) (laughs) Copyright 2016. Took them two years to get the film out. Ugh. So what's next for Hellraiser? Hang on, wait. Oh. This is what's next. We're in Germany. Hanover, Germany. And these two guys who I think are Mormons, I think. Good morning. And so they're coming in. Two for Tuesday. Funny. Is that is that like a global thing? Well, we don't really have it that much over here, do we? Two for Tuesday. Yeah. Do we? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess it is. That's definitely an American thing. Makes more sense in America because because they say Tuesday, so it's two for Tuesday. We say two for Tuesday. <laughs> two for Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, it's mm. a thing. It's a thing. Anyway, that's the end of the film. There you go. We made it. Well done, everyone. Well done, all of us. Well done, Phil. Thank you, and well done you, Peter. Thank you very much. Uh, feeling a bit a little pip- pickled now. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to drink some water and have a bit of a lie Don't down. Don't be silly. <laughs> so thank you all for joining us, watching Hellraiser Judgment. We'll be back with you soon for our 50th episode. Well, it's more than that, but it's our number 50. <laughs> So we're going to do a big old geek out chat fest talking about all aspects of the Hellraiser world and we're going to invite you lot to ask us questions on Facebook and Twitter with that near the time when it's time for us to record. Well, that's when we'll put the, the call out for questions. We'll answer any questions you want except for why are you guys off air for months on end? <laughs> because hopefully soon 
We won't be. Yeah, that's the plan. That's the plan. So, thank you all for listening. Thank you, Phil. Thank you, Peter. And we will be in your ears again very soon. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.